Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Well, man, I figured, you know what, y'all get to sit down every Sunday. So I'm going to sit down today. Uh, no, listen, we're super excited. And uh, this, <clears throat> this is a sermon I've been praying about. Because we're talking about tribal wars. We've been in a tribal war series. And, and uh, today I want to talk to you a little more about our tribe. Tribal wars is all about us as a church. And, uh, man, talk about uh, the tribe. And how many guys have ever, anybody, anybody ever have a situation at a bank where you overdrafted more than what was in there? Come on, help me out. Anybody? So I remember, man, when I was younger, I was like 19 years old. It don't happen anymore because I'm married to an amazing wife and she does all the finances. We could have a million dollars. I would never know it. All I get is a text message once a week that says, stop spending money in all caps. Uh, but uh, my wife is amazing. And, but before that, when I was younger and a teenager, I remember I had a bank and uh, I was, you know, just, I was, Living life as a teenager, I was buying stuff, and, and, uh, and I had overdraft protection, like most of us have, right? Um, but apparently, they sent a letter in the mail to a 19-year-old. <laughs> like, I'm ever going to get that. That let us know there's now, you can only overdraft protect three times. After that, you get charged $15 every time. I didn't get that. Uh, and so I'm out there just swiping my, wife, uh, my life away. Not my wife uh, swiping my life away. And, uh, so, you know, and, uh, overdrafted. I'm like, Oh, I got overdraft protection. No worries. It is what it is, you know? And then, so I went and looked at my bank account. I had, I was negative $379. I had, I had done that 20 times. Uh, and so they were, and so, uh, I was like, uh, I called them. I said, Hey, what's going on with this? They were like, Oh yeah, no, there's a new policy. Now you get hit after three times in a month, you get hit $15 uh, $15 every time you do that. And I was like, I did not get that information. And they were like, that's not our problem. Uh, and how many guys know I walked out of that bank like, I don't ever want to come back to one of these again, right? I'm going to just cash under the mattress type of thing for the rest of my life. That's not possible. But I walked out of there thinking I'm never going back to a bank. And I think that's exactly what a lot of people have done to churches. I think they've had an experience and they were like, if that's how it's going to be, I'm never coming back. The problem is we have to be better churches. And what we've committed to a transformation church is that we want to do that. Uh, and I remember a few years back, you guys remember, I, I think Starbucks was involved and all this other stuff. They, like the Xmas thing was happening and Christians went crazy over the fact that people were trying to take Christ out of Christmas. You guys remember that whole thing? And uh, <clears throat> KB, a, a Christian rapper, he, had a, he has a song he just dropped recently. And these are the lyrics that are in it, and I think it explains what I'm talking about so clearly. He said, people don't care if you keep Christ in your Christmas if they can't see that there's a Christ in the Christian. And I think as churches, as Christians, what we have to do better is we have to represent Jesus better. Because as Christians, we are representatives of Christ. And today I want to talk to you about what that looks like because Transformation Church uh, is a table. And we all sit at a table. We're together in this. And I want, I want you, we've grown so fast that some of you, you, you love what you're experiencing here, but you don't know how we got here. You don't know some of the values that keep us healthy. You're not sure. And today I want to walk you through some of those things. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 says this. It says, as a prisoner of the Lord, Paul is talking. He says, then I urge you to live a life worthy. Say worthy of the calling. Say calling. 
That means as Christians, we've been called to something and we need to live a life that looks like the thing we're called to. Wouldn't that be something if we actually looked like the things we said we were? He says, I want you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And these are the things he says. He says, be completely humble and gentle. He goes on to say, make every effort, right? Or sorry, be humble and gentle, bearing, bearing with one another in love. And then he says, make every effort to voice every opinion you have on all matters. Is that what it says? Make every effort to find all the ways that you and people that you love disagree. Is that what it says? Make every effort to look more like the world than you do like the church. Is that what it says? Then why does the church look so much like those things? See, at Transformation Church, we want to make it our mission to represent Ephesians 4 well. Make every effort to keep what? The unity. Say unity. Look at your neighbor and say unity. Now look at the person you just neglected on the other side of you and keep unity, man. Come on. No, right? Unity of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit through the bond of peace. Our mission as a church is to be united. Our goal is to be united. But listen to me, it has to be united about one thing because you can't be united without having something at the center. And today I want to talk to you about the one thing that at Transformation Church stays at the center. Are you ready? Loving Christ. Loving Christ. Because here's the deal. If you love Christ properly, everything else falls into place. But if you don't love him properly, that's when things get in disarray. And today I want to talk to you about what that looks like. And the first thing I want you to understand about loving Christ is that loving Christ takes over all of you. Loving Christ takes over all of you. Say all. There is nothing left to yourself when you love Jesus the way Jesus asked us. He even said in the Bible, this isn't in your notes, but he said in the Bible, he said, he said uh, you want to hate your father, your mother, your son, and your daughter. Now, he doesn't literally mean hate them. What he means is your love for me should be so strong that every other kind of love looks like hate. He should be our top priority. And the Pharisees and the teachers were asking Jesus in Matthew 22, 36 through 38. They said, what is, uh, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And this is what Jesus says. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Say heart. With all your soul. Say soul. And with all your mind, say mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, which was part of the Old Testament law. Love your Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. Now, why does that matter so much? What's so important about loving God with those three things? Well, loving with all of your heart, with all of your feeling, with all of your emotions, loving with everything that's in you as far as what you can experience in your heart. Because listen to me, how many guys know your heart will lie to you? Anybody ever followed your heart before? Anybody gotten in some trouble following the heart? Come on, all y'all got a relationship that you praising God didn't work out. Come on, right? right. <laughs> Could you imagine if you were married to them? You've seen pictures of them on Instagram. You know what I'm talking about. With all your heart, with all your soul, and your soul is your internal. That's the thing that goes beyond the physical realm. Your soul, that's, the, that's what channels everything else. It's the thing between your mind, between your heart, because you've thought things and felt things, but also paid attention to that other thing that was right in the middle. And that soul, he said, I want you to love me with all of your soul. And then he says, I want you to love me with all your mind. I want, you, I want everything, everything in your intellect, your thoughts, I want you to love me with all of those things. I want you to love me so much in those three areas that it looks like you hate everything else. 
And that's a big ask. Like, that's a big deal that the Lord would bring us to you. And why would he do that to you? And I remember growing up, my parents, uh, so when we moved into my parents' house when we were kids, my parents were, we bought that house in the 90s when it was white everything in a house. Y'all remember what I'm talking about? White carpet, white walls, white counter, white cabinets, white, I mean, just like white fans, white ceiling fans. I mean, like everything. So they moved in the house with two teenagers, then adopted two more in an all like pearl looking house, right? How many of y'all know it didn't stay that way for long? I remember my cousin come walking through the living room with a plate full of spaghetti. Selah. You know what I'm saying? Like that was. And then, so as when I became an adult, one of the things I remember is like, I'm not going to do that. So guess what kind of carpet me and my wife had in our first house? White. And I remember my niece, Lexi, she was young at the time. She comes walking through and she got a cup of red Kool-Aid. You can guess which one of us gave her a cup of red Kool-Aid to walk over the white carpet with my wife, <laughs> and, uh, and it was so full, man. It was like full, full of red Kool-Aid, and she bumped. She got bumped by one thing, red Kool-Aid, everywhere. That red Kool-Aid was on that carpet until we got rid of that carpet. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, uh, but here's one thing that I remember as I think about that is there, if she was going to get bumped, there was something coming out of that cup. And I think in our lives, if we're not full of Christ in our lives, when we get bumped, there's an opportunity for something other than Jesus to come out of us. So when you get frustrated, if there's not enough Christ filling you up, that means some of you is going to be the one that responds to that anger situation. Some of you is what's going to cry. All right, you're going to experience the emotion. Some of you is what's going to happen. Some of you is what's going to snap on other people. Some of you is what's going to go off the handle. Some, what do you need? We want to be so full of Christ in our lives that whenever something happens to us, around us, for us, guess what comes out of us? Jesus. We can respond like Christ when we're full of Christ. And that's what he's talking about, is that we need to be so full of those things. But Jesus doesn't just stop there because it's not just about him being for him taking over all of us. Because the second thing to happen is that loving Christ causes you to love your neighbor as yourself. And to do that, to help us see what I'm talking about, I want to bring some of our guys out here. These are some of my best friends and some of my boys. We you put your hands together for some of these guys that are coming out on stage right now? <laughs> so these are my guys. I told you about Tremaine already. I've known Tremaine since before he had hair. Uh, and so, and so this, is, this is my dude. 1993, our family moved here, and we've been rocking together ever since. DeMarcus actually went to high school with me. He knows BC me. All right, he knows before Jesus, Brad. He could destroy my career if he wanted to. Uh, Jawan, Jawan actually came up in my student ministry. Uh, when he was 11 years old, he came into my student ministry. Um, he's been rocking with me ever since. Uh, when he was 11, he was more mature than our 15-year-olds, and so we let him in. Um, and Eli, uh, we've been rocking together for almost 20 years. His family moved into our neighborhood. Um, and so he lived with me for two years. He knows me, me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But he knows the me that ain't Pastor Brad. He knows Brad. Um, and he, he knows what the, the not full cup version of me looks like. Come Jesus' name. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? Don't look at me like that. All right, so... But what's important that we have to understand is that you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. And at Transformation Church, th this table represents our church. This table represents who we are as a church. I say when you're making disciples, you never truly disciple anyone that hasn't eaten at your table. 
And so these, oh, these men have eaten at my, this, for the record, this is my literal table from my house. Uh, they have eaten at my table. Uh, they, they have been to my house. Uh, and I'm here to tell you today that the table of Transformation Church is wide open for you to sit at. We want you to know that like this is, the table of Transformation Church is here for you. And, and these are the men that sit at the table with me, right? But uh, at Transformation Church, women, children, like we're all at the table together. Y'all with me? But what's so important that we understand is that we're going we're gonna to have to love your neighbor as your Self, and that's going to require certain things of the table that I want to make you aware of. Because Jesus looks at the Pharisees and they said, what's the greatest commandment? They already knew that it was love the Lord God with all your heart. But Jesus gave them the second answer they didn't even ask for, but Jesus wanted to be clear about something. Because they, he realized they wanted to have the knowledge of God without showing the love of God. And I think for so many people, the version of the church they know is that they know the knowledge of God, but they haven't seen the love of God. Matter of fact, I put it like this. Too many Christians are identified with what they know rather than the love they show. And we want to be a church that shows the love of God to people, man. We want, to, we want to show people what it looks like. And so there are three truths about Transformation Church that I just want to give to you uh, as we're working through the sermon. Because these are things I want you to realize. If we're going to be better as a church, we want to make sure that everyone understands a few things. Number one, there are rules to sitting at the table. There are rules to sitting at the table. Now, let me tell you this. They're not the rules you think they are. So you, you're used to the rules that say uh, you need to get your life together before you can sit at this table. You might be used to rules like, hey, listen, don't come to this table if you've got an addiction. You need to get that addiction under control. Then you can come sit at this table. Can I tell you something? That's not a rule for our table. That's right. you, need, you, you, you need to get your life right before you sit at this table. That's not a rule for our table. Okay. Can I tell you something? The rules to our table aren't about you getting it together. Come to the table. We'll help you get it together. All right? So we want you to understand something. You don't have to do all the things to get to the table. Come to the table. We'll help you get closer to Jesus, and Jesus will help you work out all the things in your life. Our goal is to get you to the table. Why? because you belong here. And we want you to know that the rules that you think exist so that, are, that are disqualifying you from getting here, those aren't the rules. Let me tell you what some of the rules are here at Transformation Church. Unity. Unity is a rule to sit at the table. If you're going to come in here, sow in discord and talk about people, we're going to have a long, hard conversation about what it looks like to sit at this table. Because right. I don't have a problem with you having an addiction, but I do have a problem with you talking about somebody else behind their back. I do have a problem with gossip. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with you coming to the table with issues. I got a problem with you coming to the table to create issues. Come on. As I'm going to tell you, unity, that's a rule to be at the table. Compassion, that's a rule to be at the table. Loving Christ, that's what it looks like to be at the table. And so I'm going to tell you, a lot of what you think it might take to get to the table, that's not what it takes to get to the table. There are rules. They're just not the ones you think they are. If you're ready to unify behind loving Jesus and having unity in the body, then you can sit at the table. I'm going to tell you, you belong at the table. You belong here if we join behind some of those things. So fixing yourself isn't a requirement, right? But letting God use his word to guide our beliefs, that's what it looks like to truly live together. That's why Proverbs 18.2 says this, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but airing, like, they find delight in airing their opinion. Can I tell you something? I'm never going to let the mouthpiece of the people outside the church dictate what we say inside the church. So I'm not interested in any Republican or Democrat becoming the voice of what we say in the pulpit or at the table. That's not what we do. 
There is no righteous person out there running for an office somewhere that needs to become the voice of what we say here. That's not how this works. We come here and we use this to determine what God is telling us, okay? And so that's important because we need to understand what it looks like. I'm not, we're not interested in each other's opinions in regards to who we are. Now, there is a way we're interested in opinion. There is a way that we understand how we talk to each other, but you need to understand unity is the key to the table. Unity is how we function at the table. And so the second truth that you need to understand, though, is that we'll always make room at the table for more. Matter of fact, I want to invite some of our other boys out here uh, that are back here. Go ahead, guys. Come on out here. Will you put your hands together for Jake and Josh? They're coming out to join us. I know some of y'all were like, did y'all just Houdini that table? Yes, we did. That's cool, boys. There you go. So here's the thing. There's always more room at the table because just like this table expands to fit more. Can I tell you something? Our church is always ready for more. Our church is always ready to put more people at the table. Our church is always ready to have more of you at the table. What's so funny is Jake's been with us for about a year and a half now. Josh has been with us for about a year now. Um, and so what's funny, these dudes also eat at my table. They've eaten at my table. I'm a part of discipleship in their lives, right? Now, the, the thing that's so unique about this is you would look at a lot of us and say, like, man, yeah, true, yeah, 1993. You know what I mean? Some of y'all weren't even born in 1993. Uh, you know, DeMarcus. 2004, 2001, to like, and when you look at it, you're like, man, I don't know if I could ever, I can't, I can't, I, maybe you're here for the very first week. You're looking around like, man, I don't know if I belong at the table. Can I tell you something? Tenure is not how you belong at the table. Commitment to the table is how you belong at the table. All right. So I'm not interested in your longevity. I'm interested in your unity. I'm interested in whether or not we can unify around loving Christ so much that we can show the world what the Christian church looks like. And so what do we have here? We have a situation where we can bring more people to the table. Can I tell you something? We always want more people at the table. We always want to make room for more. Listen to me. As long as heaven and hell are realities, we need more room. I'm going to say this again. As long as heaven and hell are realities, we need more room. Come on. There are people going to hell outside these walls, and we need to make more room for them inside this building. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so here's the deal. I want to invite, I need 50 people, 50. I need 50 of you in the 10 o'clock service to talk to your family, and I need some of you to move to the, either the 830 service or the 1130 service. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, make room, make room. Oh. <laughs> Listen to me, because we need your seat at the table. We got another table at 1130. We got another table at 830. But I need, your t- I need some of your seats at 10 o'clock. Why? Because we need to make more room for people at the table. And so I'm, I need 50 people to say, yeah, I don't need you to stand up and say nothing right now. Please don't, actually. <laughs> but I, I need to talk to your family, whatever you need to do. And if the Lord's putting it on your heart, hey, I can do that. I can, that's an easy adjustment for me to make sure that somebody that's going to hell can go to heaven. And so I'm inviting you to say yes to that with us because that's what we're going to do to make room for more people. Why? Because people belong at the table. Galatians 6.2 says we carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. So at the table, we work for another, we fight with one another. Man, we, we, we're going to do it. But I'm here to tell you today, like, we, we, we also have to realize that, how many, how many guys know family dynamics are complicated? Yeah. Come on, anybody got some weird family dynamics? Come on, anybody got, okay, the rest of y'all are liars. <laughs> the rest of you are the family dynamic, all right? <laughs> so, 
and so uh, I, I, I'll be honest, uh, man. Me, uh, so even in, our, in, my, in my natural family, me and my sister, she's amazing, but we haven't always gotten along. We haven't, we haven't always had the best relationship. Uh, we've had a very complicated relationship for the last 30 years. Um, and to the degree that I even had to tell my mom like three, four years ago, my mom wanted us to be like the stinking Brady Bunch or something. And uh, like we're all just going to eat together at a table every Friday night. And I told her, I was like, listen. You need to let that dream go, <laughs> all right? Because uh, that ain't that that's that's just not that's not who we are as a family. That's not the best version of us. But me and my sister had a complicated relationship. It's not we don't hate each other. We just it it, it is what it is. So she's in the room. So I mean, uh, yeah, love her in Jesus' name. But we had a complicated relationship. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Here recently, she's had someone try to destroy her life, and she's persevered through the strength of the Holy Spirit and a family around her. And it doesn't, like me and her can have disagreements at the table, but don't let somebody else come at the table. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you can catch this smoke if you want to. Uh, <laughs> these hands are ready to E for everyone. And so, uh, but, but uh, so I'm here to tell you, like, we, we may not have had the best relationship, but I'm here to tell you, I won't stand for someone else trying to destroy. You know what I'm talking about? Because when you, like, we're, we're, we, we got family dynamics, but don't you come for the family. And I'm here to tell you, it's the same thing. Like, we may have family dynamics right here. Like, there may be some things going on. And that's what I want you to understand. We don't all have to agree at the table about everything. We're going to have differences of opinions and a lot of things. We're going to have different political opinions. We're going to have different opinions about different things, maybe relationally. You're going to, Tremaine or Jake, and they have experienced life differently than I've experienced life. And so I may have an opinion about how certain things go. But when we come to the table, we can have those conversations. When we come to the table, we can say, I don't agree with that. or I don't know how I feel about that. And listen, all that can happen at the table, but it happens at the table because the table's for the family. I don't care what goes on out there. Listen, when we come to the table, that's when we can have conversations. We need to get more interested in saying, tell me more about that than I'm interested in saying, I don't agree with that. I need to to have more interest in saying, I don't know, I don't understand how that's your perspective. Share that with me as opposed to saying, you're wrong. You need to get it together. But those kind of conversations happen where? At the table. So we need to come to the table as the body of Christ and as Transformation Church, because listen to me, this is how we stayed healthy as a church, because we don't let what happens outside the walls dictate how we interact inside the walls. All right. And so what we do, we fight for one another. We may fight with one another sometimes, but listen, we do it at the table. Why? Because we can we can have conversations and we can grow together as long as we're doing it where? At the table. That's why unity matters so much. But here's the deal. Just like with me and my sister, right? We don't have to get along all the time, but don't you come for her. It's the same thing at Transformation Church. Listen, we can have conversations. We can fight. We can get into it. We can do whatever we want. But don't you dare come for the unity of this table. Because if you come for the table, you're coming for all of us. And we will fight to protect this table. And yeah. you need to understand that because that means if you're sitting at the table, we fight to protect you too. Yeah. Like you're part of this. We're, we do this as a family. Sit down, boys. You're scaring everyone. All right. So. <laughs> we did it at the 830 service and somebody was like, God. <laughs> so, but it's important that you understand that because we have to realize what it looks like to operate as a family. You're not always going to agree on everything, but if we can disagree at the table, we can walk away loving each other because we belong at the table. 
together. And I think that's where so many people and, and maybe even some churches have gotten it wrong. Because not, we're not trying to be better than every other church. We're just trying to do our part as the capital C institution of the church. Um, and as we do our part, that's what's so important, though, is that we do it together. Right? How many things in your life, even in your, in your Christian life or your church life, could have been different if you would have just been able to have conversations? And that's why, that's why we, we even guard our social medias. Like, man, don't get out there stewing, doing stupid stuff. Right? Airing off your opinion like someone cares. Like you're going to change somebody else's mind. Come on, Come on right? If, if what I feel like posting is going to offend my brother, I just won't post it. Because I love him more than I love hearing my own voice. Right? And we need to get back to that place as a church. Why? Because truth number three, you can see it, we will protect the unity of this table. We will do it. That's what we're going to do. But the next thing I want you to understand, and this is what kind of, this is, this is part of all of that, is that loving Christ, the third thing that loving Christ means is that he's first in everything. Loving Christ means he's first in everything. And since he's first in everything, that means he's the priority of everything. Now, when, when we look at Exodus 20, verse 3, uh, God had to give some commandments to his people, right? There was 10 of them. They're pretty important. <laughs> All right? Some of you are like, were there? What are they? No, don't worry about it. <laughs> Exodus 20, verse 3, but he starts it off with this one, and this one's so important because I think this is the one we're so tempted to break. Exodus 20, verse 3 says, you shall have no other gods before me. And I think this is so important because I think we're all tempted to have other gods before him. Like, we're so tempted to put our family in front of him, our job in front of him. Like, you will have no other gods before me. Now, what I think is this is important and how we can see this is because we need to understand how Christ in the Christian, that Jesus needs to be first. Say first. He needs to be first. And the reason that this matters is because we're always tempted to put something else in front of Christ. And I want to give you a quick English lesson because uh, I don't know about you. I went to public school. So, uh, but I, I wanted to help you out with a quick English lesson because a lot of times we're tempted to live with adjectives in front of our Christ. And what I mean by that is I'm a Christian but I'm a conservative Christian. I'm a liberal Christian. I'm a white Christian. I'm a black Christian. I'm an Asian Christian. I'm a Hispanic Christian. The problem is adjectives that come before the noun modify the noun. So a bumpy road means that the road has now been modified to know that it is bumpy. So you need to know this before you know this. Road is secondary. The fact that it's bumpy becomes primary. So when we say we are a conservative Christian, what you have just said is that your conservatism is more important than your Christian. And so, and the reason, and same thing with the liberal or black Christian or white Christian, what you have said is your whiteness or your blackness or your liberalism or your conservatism or whatever it is you want to put before Christian now modifies your Christian. And your Christian has now been modified because what's more important that you recognize this before I am this. And if you recognize this before a Christian, that becomes the primary thing. The problem is nothing else can come before Christ for Christians. And what has completed or what has complicated and made more problems at the table of Christ is people putting adjectives in front of their Christian. And it's modified what we believe. And now I don't, I, I'm going to, this becomes secondary to what I feel as of this person or that person or what, well, can I tell you something? We don't modify this. 
Everything else is secondary. Does that mean you're not those things? You can have those things. I don't care about those things. I care about you. And I care about the word. But those things don't get to modify Christ in the Christian. And so what we have to do is make sure that Christ is always first. So when you start looking at something saying, man, I feel this way, that's cool. But before it becomes the thing you're gonna plant a flag in the ground on, is that what Christ believes? Is that the most important thing to Jesus? Is that what it means to be part of the body? Is that what it means to sit at the table? Because you can have difference of opinions, but when you start to make that the thing you're known for instead of Jesus, you have now swapped out your gospel for something else. And we have to be so careful with that. That's why Jesus has to be first. Don't allow anything else in your life to become a modifier of Christ in your life. You understand? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here, which is what we did when we said yes to Jesus. He comes first, right? A lot of us have heard that verse before, but we don't, we don't know what he says three verses later in 2 Corinthians 5.20, where he says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We are representatives of Jesus Christ. We're Christ ambassadors as though God is making his appeal through us. So what we have to recognize is that as ambassadors, we actually carry the ministry, the Bible says, of reconciliation. Like we carry the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling with our brothers and sisters and reconciling people to God. That's what we do. That's our primary care. Can I say something? Our primary voice should not be the red, white, and blue. It should be the red that ran from the cross. Our primary voice should be all about what Jesus has done. And I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm against our country or anything like that. I hope you, you all don't know, some of you don't know me. I'm grateful that God has me in this country. I'm grateful for our country. I'm telling you that's not more important than the red that flowed at Calvary. And so we have to get back to this being the number one thing. And I am Christ's ambassador. That means there's one name in this pulpit and it'll always be Jesus. But it also means that we have to recognize that we have to get back to the ministry of reconciliation rather than the ministry of observations and opinionations and politicizations and frustrations and administrations and separations and altercations. We have one job as Christians to get people to Jesus a ministry of reconciling lost people to a holy God through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what we do. And if you're with that, come sit at the table. Not literally, stay where you're at. But like, (laughs) come to the metaphorical table called Transformation Church, right? I remember, uh, I remember that time the bank messed my account up. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I remember that. $379 $379 and I walked out of the bank like I'm never going to another bank again and I was like I'm, I'm done with banks but I wasn't because I'm not a money under the mattress kind of cat you know what I'm talking about so I've, I left that life a long time ago and so I, <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I'm here to tell you that I think a lot of us I didn't quit banking just because one bank you know, messed me up. But I feel like some of us quit churching because one church messed you up. And if you can trust a bank again, you can trust a church again. So like, get to the table, friend, because we're better with you at it. Right? 
I can only imagine if the apostles would have left Jesus over what Peter did. You know what I mean? Imagine if all the apostles walked away from Jesus because of Judas. But they knew that was Judas, not Jesus. And I'm going to keep sticking with Jesus. And I'm going to stick with all the apostles that didn't do what Judas did. Because we sit at the table. And I'm inviting you to make that same decision. I love what Jonathan uh, Pakuda said in a quote. He talked about Paul who martyred Christians and killed Christians before he became one. It says, the apostle Paul entered heaven to the cheers of those he martyred. And that's how the gospel works. Come on, man. I'm inviting you. For some of you, you've resisted the table because I'm telling you, come, come to the table. Get into a small group. Go to next steps. Get on the team. Do what you got to do. Our tribe is better with you in it. But listen to me. Unity is what we fight for. And Jesus is above all things. How do you do that? Very quickly. View everything in your life through your love for Christ. Everything. Your relationships. Everything. And if we'll do that, we can truly be ambassadors for Jesus. That impacts the people around us when what we represent matches who we represent. So let's do it together. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you. We love you. We're so grateful for you. And God, we thank you that you've always made more room at the table for us. When we messed up, when we didn't do it just right, through our problems, our sin, our issues, you made room at the table for us. And God, I pray you always let us be a church that makes room at the table for others. And so God, lead us. For those that are sitting out there, either watching online or here in the room, listening to this sermon from somewhere, God, I pray you help us all realize if we get to the table, we can have conversations. So keep bringing us to the table always so that we can represent you to a world that needs to see you and hear you. We thank you for it and we love you in Jesus' name. If you're here today, very quickly, you need Jesus in your life. You, maybe you know about God or you want to sit at the table, but you know you need, there are some things God's been putting on your heart that you need, he wants to change in you. They're not the requirements to sit at the table. They're just what you know God's calling you to. The beauty of the gospel is this. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for our sins. And to receive forgiveness, it's not about how hard you can work. It's about putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And today, if you're ready to put your faith in him, today, if you're ready to be forgiven, and today you're ready for a fresh start, for Jesus to be the Lord and King of your life, then I'm here to tell you he's ready to meet you right where you're at. And I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. This prayer doesn't save you. This prayer just puts words to the faith that saves you. And so let's pray together. The whole church will pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. CC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that. We celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. 
It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.